Good morning, Brewsters. I'm Mix Bustos, and this is Brood Awakening. Journalists are perhaps some of the most underappreciated frontliners in this time of pandemic, still doing the same vital work of delivering accurate information but under tougher conditions due to the health crisis and political dynamics. Joining us today for a discussion on this is renowned journalist Christian Esguera of the ABS-CBN News Channel. Christian, thank you so much for joining us here on Brood Awakening. Thank you, Migs, for having me. Thank you, thank you. I know, Christian, that you are fresh off a, uh, of course, a shift earlier on the ABS-CB New Channel Matters of Fact. And so much has happened, of course, in one year, right? The mm-hmm. dynamics of media, the dynamics of broadcasting has really changed. But can you tell us more on your, your maybe from your personal point of view, Christian, on what is it like, you know, being a journalist, especially in this time of pandemic? Actually, Mix, ano, thank you for the opportunity. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Mix and I are good friends. We used to be part of uh, the the old um, morning newscast of uh, ANC, yung uh, early edition. Now, that question is quite interesting because uh, we all know that we are all facing a lot of challenges during the pandemic, and um, journalists are no exception. Uh, this has been a very difficult time as far as journalism is concerned, not just because of the physical interactions that have been limited by the pandemic. We are all in a, um, under a community quarantine, so basically we cannot meet our sources personally like we used to. So that in itself has affected the flow of information. For instance, the way we cover, for instance, uh, briefings coming from Malacanang, from, coming from the Interagency Task Force on COVID-19, so normally, uh, journalists would want to speak directly and in person with the sources, scrutinize their answers, uh, their data, uh, the information that they provide. But of course, we understand the limitations. That's why we need to work harder. And in that case, I think if you are really uh, into propaganda, as far as the government is concerned, uh, the, the pandemic provides the perfect excuse or the perfect opportunity for, for anyone in government to to try to control the narrative because they don't get to communicate directly with journalists and we know that there are certain physical limitations. But, the, but if you ask me, more than the, the pandemic, I think the, the bigger challenge, as we all know, uh, as far as journalism is concerned as, at this time in the Philippines, is not just the pandemic, it's more of the administration, it's more of the president because of what he had been doing or has been doing against media, against the free press, uh, since he came into power in 2016, and most especially during the pandemic mix. Ang daming talaga nangyari, of course, in uh, 2020. The, the, the landscape of media has really changed on, of course, ABS-CBN shutdown and on how it has affected, you know, media and press in general. But uh, before we get into that, uh, Christian, humira pa, you know, in your point of view, maybe the physical 
realities of going to work, getting information, how you interview guests from, you know, remote. Kasi sila naka-zoom eh. Wala nang pwedeng mm-hmm. uh, guests na pwede pumasok sa studio. Uh, has yeah. it like a challenge for you? It's challenging kasi. For instance, if you want to conduct an interview with someone, let's say with a source, it's important to to deal with him directly in person, no? Para mas na-analyze mo yung behavior, yung expression, mas madali makapag-usap, or mas may opportunities to scrutinize the details coming from that person if you uh, come face-to-face with him. So, kunwari, you're a journalist uh, working for printer online. Um, you're used to working behind the scenes. Mas madali makapag-usap pag nandyan physically yung kausap mo. So, mas marami kayo informasyon na may tatanong, Let's say may mga sagot siya na hindi mo gusto at sa tingin mo parang binobola ka, mas madaling i-push. Uh, now, if you are, let's say, uh, a journalist doing uh, live interviews, for instance, mas maganda pa rin, let's say, kasama mo studio yung kausap mo because, again, you can uh, you can analyze the actuations of that person. Kasi, minsan, journalists really need to go by what was not said instead of what was said during an interview. Kasi sometimes, mas meaningful yung hindi sinabi o yung paraan ng pagsasabi ng isang impormasyon. So, ito yung mga nawawala because we are or limited to uh, online interviews, no? yung mga Zoom, StreamYard, etc., etc. So, nandun yung, nandun yung handicap, nandun yung limitation. So, in that case, uh, I guess we just need to work much harder uh, to be able to to perform the tasks that we are supposed to do during the pandemic. Well, of course, uh, if you know Christian Esguera, if you see him on Sky Cable and, of course, on YouTube, he hosts uh, now his show, Matters of Fact, 7 a.m. on ANC every day. That's a spin-off, actually, from Early Edition, Christian. That was your segment in uh, in Early Edition. Now you're full-on show. Uh, but before broadcast, uh, can you tell us more about your years and your tenure with print? Diba? Yung tenure mo sa print yung talagang nag-define sa'yo eh. And uh, what made you as a journalist? Just eventually switching or maybe shifting to broadcast media. Actually, my my my, my journalism career started with the Philippine Daily Inquirer in year uh, year two thousand, fresh from graduation from UST journalism from UST's journalism program where I also teach now political reporting. So I started in print. I uh, I worked through the. The process, yung, yung ladder, no? I started as a police reporter. I started covering yung local courts, yung my NGOs, local governments, um, local police, of course. Then I started covering the departments, the Department of Health. Then I started covering yung Department of Interior, the Interior and Local Government. So, pa-develop pa, pa ng pa-develop yung era of coverage. Until later on, I specialized in political reporting after I started covering Congress, in particular the House of Representatives, tapos yung Senate, and then yung House. Uh, during the time of Gloria Macapagal-Arroyo, then panahon ni uh, Benigno Aquino III. And then I, I, I joined ABS-CBN in uh, 2015, uh, short, um, less than a year, I think, before the, the, the 2016 presidential election. So don't mas mas naging broad yung platform because not only was I uh, writing, I also started doing broadcast or on-cam reporting at the same time, reporting for online. So mas, uh, mas, mas naging in-depth pa yung reporting. And I think my experience in print helped a lot uh, in terms of my work in, in broadcast or multi-platform work as a journalist. Hmm. Kishan, hindi ko pala natanong. Uh, after your years with Inquirer, 
ano yung nagpa ano nag, nag yung deciding factor mo na sige lilipat ako ng ANC what went on through those times actually yung ano nung time nung 2015 when when I was ano when I was uh, invited to join ANC nung naisip ko nang time nang kasi parang I was okay with inquirer kasi malaki yung reach ng inquirer so when you wrote something with inquirer especially it became a banner story that that, that uh, that set the agenda. So ngayon kasi mas competitive yung yung industry natin, di ba? Hindi porky yung mabasa inquirer or sa Manila Bulletin or sa Philippine Star, siya yung magdedictate na agenda because the competition is so immense, the, the sources of information are are many. So you need to work much harder in terms of uh, attracting people to to read what you think is a very important story. So nung panahon na yun, bakit ako lumipat sa sa television? I thought na ano, it was uh, it was time to explore um, broadcast media. But ang misgivings ko kasi nung time na yun, sabi ko, baka baka mapunta ako solely sa sa broadcast. So when we were having this discussion at the ANC, sabi ko, ano ba yung opportunity sa ABS-CBN? And sabi ko, I would still want to write. Uh, and then sabi nila, well, nandun yung online platform ng abscbn.com or So nandun pa rin yung opportunity for you to write because I, I didn't want to to forget about that because that's that's how I started and I think that provided a, a very good background or foundation or backbone for for my work as a broadcast journalist. So ilang I wanted to try something new and I thought the the opportunity was was ripe at that time uh, to explore broadcast. Share ko lang po sa inyo, no? of course, Christian and I uh, turned good friends and um, we spent around maybe two years in early edition and. There was this segment that he kumbaga, proposed that we do explainers. Kanya-kanya kaming to, kasi Christian sa political, si Michelle Ong sa, pol- sa economy and business, ako naman sa sports. So we would write our, you know, we would write our scripts and we would do our own explainers about a certain topic. And bago siya ipasa, bago siya makapasa sa producer, kay Christian muna namin yan sinasubmit. So Christian would actually edit it out like an editor and his print background. As in talagang through those times, na, natututo talaga kami sa kanya because of the way we write, hindi lang yung pang print, pero also the way you write on how you would say it in broadcast. So for that, Christian, kami ni Mimi, marami kaming natutunan sa'yo. Walang cooking yan. Saying hello and good morning to Ryan Aquino, Livsia, good morning. Uh, and Julian Lapid, hello. Christian, may tanong siya, sino nag-invite sa'yo? and sa, uh, mapuntang ANC Broadcast Media. Um, ang nag-invite sa akin ng 20, late 2014 was Nadia Trinidad uh, from ah, ANC. Okay. Um, kasi we used to work, we used to cover Malacanang before. During the time of Gloria Macapagal Arroyo, she was with um, ABS-CBN and I was a reporter covering Malacanang for the Inquirer. So, uh, magkasabay kayo dati. Uh, we both covered uh, the presidency. So we knew how each other worked. Um, right. Pero hindi yung first time that I was ano, I was invited to join broadcast or ABS-CBN. I think the first one was much earlier, mga 2010. Pero yung discussion didn't actually come into fruition um, that, that that led to to a shift on my part. So noong time na yun, I didn't think na it was, ano, it was time for me to go or, or to explore another platform. Pero nung... When invite when when Nadia called me up in late 2014, sabi ko, okay, let's uh, let's let's explore this. And then, nagkaganan ag- tapos yung discussion mga 2015. So I think I joined ABS-CBN ano na eh, 
July ata or July 2015 if I'm not mistaken or June. Magkasabay pa na tayo, Idol. Kasi ako, Ayun. 2015 din ako, pero sa sports. So more oh, or less sports same and entry. action. Oh, sports oh. and action. So more or less same entry. Ito, Christian, tatanungin kita. Of course, um, we all have our points of view. up And uh, tawag mo dito, marami tayong mga perspective dito. But as objective as we can, although ikaw nang bahala sa magot ito, how did ABS-CBN shutdown affect broadcast media, or even media in general from then and now? Well, I think very obvious yung epekto ng pagka-shutdown ng ABS-CBN eh, because hindi lang siya, ano eh, yung epekto niya hindi lang ramdam sa broadcast industry, hindi lang siya ramdam ng mga empleyado ng ABS-CBN, ramdam siya ng journalism in general. Yung sa mga naniniwala sa free press. Hindi lang to sampal eh, hindi lang to suntok, ano to eh, hindi lang to tajak, hindi lang to dura sa sa free press yung ginawa sa si ABS-CBN eh it's it's a whole package yung parang mauling talagang excuse me for the term no tingin ko talagang binaboy binalahura yung free press by shutting down ABS-CBN special for all those reasons that they cited kasi nga you cannot expect any news organization to be perfect but for the reasons given or justifications or rationalizations given by those congressmen who I often describe as sycophants, yung mga sip-sip, diba, sa administration, the reasons are very flimsy for you to shut down a network such as ABS-CBN because of the bidding of the president. Kasi dinay-dinay nila lagi yan ever since, diba? Well, lagi may mali ang ABS-CBN, may labor issue, etc., etc. Lahat naman may labor issues, diba? But you don't uh, force a news organization to shut down simply because of that. These things can be addressed and they're being addressed. At alam naman natin yung reason, di ba? Afterward, even if the, the sycophants were, were denying the actual reason behind the shutdown of ABS-CBN, it was President Duterte himself who admitted soon after the, the franchise was denied for ABS-CBN. At talagang, siya yung gusto ipasarayan. It was no big secret. So there was no denying the fact, the brutal reality that ABS-CBN was shut down because the President wanted to. Ano effect na nun? So... Eh di ngayon, kulang yung sources of information. Marami tayong mga na, nakikita opinion ng social media, even coming from some of our colleagues claiming na, well, ABS-CBN lang naman yan eh. That's not the end all and be all of free, of free press in, in the Philippines. Nandiyan pa naman yung ibang mga networks, nandiyan pa naman yung ibang mga uh, news organizations. Tulad nga na sinabi ko rin sa isang article na pinasulat sa akin sa Media Times, sa CMFR. Sabi ko, at this time, you don't, you don't view the glass half full. Para bang hindi tayo dapat mag-rejoice na Shinatdown yung ABS-CBN, di ba dalawa yung pag-view dyan eh? Half full or half empty yung glass? Hindi mo titignan na half full yung glass kasi para bang, ah, magre-rejoice pa tayo dapat dahil nandyan pa ibang mga news organizations. Teka muna, hindi ba dapat maalarama tayo na, na, na kung nagawa yan si ABS-CBN, andaling gawin niya ng President Duterte sa iba pang news organizations. Kung kaya niyang durugin, kung kaya niyang ipasarang ABS-CBN, kaya niyang gawin niya sa ibang mga news organizations. At yung chilling effect nararamdaman ngayon, kaya bakit sa tingin nyo, ibang mga news organizations medyo malambot o malamya mag-report ko sa presidente? Kahit na alam mo maraming maling nangyayari sa administration ngayon. Kahit maraming maling nangyayari sa lipunan natin ngayon, sa Pilipinas, di ba? So may mga news organizations very careful, takot o sip-sip, di ba? So ito yung impact niyan. Kasi alam nila, what this they know what this president is capable of doing to them directly. So, nandun yung chilling effect. So, lahat sila, yung marami sa atin nagiging careful, di ba? 
Buti nga meron social media, mas matapang. Sa tingin ko, mas matapang yung mga batang journalist ngayon eh. Kumpara dun sa mga ilang may edad na. And that to me is very disappointing. Kasi the older you get in journalism, you are supposed to know better. Pero bakit minsan may nakikita tayo sa mga colleagues natin na mga medyo edad, may edad na, medyo matagal sa industriya, mas sila yung takot at maingat. I don't call that prudence. I, I call that fear or cowardice. Sorry, Migs, ha? Nakikarried away ako, ha? Hindi, hindi. Okay lang, okay lang. Alam ko naman on how we were all, like, you know, invested during that time. And, you know, siguro, I just want to check on how is it now, di ba? Kung ano na yung effect. Kasi masasabi na natin months later, eh. Pero siguro, you you mentioned this earlier, brutal reality. Ano ba yung mga brutal reality? Of course, as journalists, the creed is in reporting the truth. What are the brutal realities that you face? Saan? Yung under President Duterte? Yung under this administration? Or ano lang, as a journalist uh, 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 in, in encompassing? Marami kasi yan eh. Parang ito yung gusto ko sana ipaintindi sa mga sa public ngayon. Kasi they think na I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what journalism is supposed to be. Or a fundamental a fundamental misunderstanding or misappreciation of the role of journalists in society. Especially here in the Philippines. Kaya sa tingin ko kailangan talaga ng importanting ano, media education or media literacy uh, or news media literacy sa publiko natin. Diba? Yung, yung term na laging ginagamit ng mga Duterte fans and supporters. Diba? Pag, pag hindi nila gusto yung takbo na isang report, sasabihin nila, bias ke. Bias, ta, with an ED. So, bakit ba nagiging bias ang isang news organization? Technically, lahat naman may biases, diba? But if you're a journalist, your bias is for the truth, diba? Hindi ka pwedeng nasa gitna. Kasi, given a choice between a fact and a falsehood, dapat bias ka kung ano totoo. But before you can report that, you need to verify, di ba? So you need to go through a process of verification, which is a discipline in journalism. Hindi natin sinasabing perfecto yung discipline of verification in journalism. Nagkakamali at nagkakamali pa rin. Pero nandun yung disiplina at yung conscious effort to scrutinize the information before that is presented as fact to the public. So kunwari, napatunayin later on na base sa bagong ebidensya, yung dating tinanggap natin as factual, hindi pala totoo at may superseding evidence that would present another fact which which which, which should be accepted yun tinatawag nating process of verifying information to come up with a what we call journalistic truth ang hindi naintindihan ng mga tao na porke nagreport ka ng critically about the president let's say president Duterte bias ka na gusto mo na siyang pagbagsakin galit ka lang sa kanya tuloy nga sinabi ko in a previous forum sabi ko this administration and their supporters should not think of themselves as VIPs or very special. They're not getting VIP treatment as far as critical reporting is concerned. This is how journalists are supposed to report about any sitting president, kahit sino pa'y nakaupo dyan. So, hindi nila dapat maramdaman na importante siguro kami dahil kami yung talagang uh, nagiging subject of critical reporting. Hindi. Kung matino kang periodista, kung matino kang journalist, kahit sino pa yung presidente ngayon sa Pilipinas, that is how you're supposed to report that. Because it's not our job to make them look good. That is the job of Martin Andanar, that is the job of Harry Roque, that is the job of the PCAO, of the PIA, of PTB4. Ang trabaho ng independent news organization, ng independent press, ay alamin kung ginagawa ba ng mga nasa kapangyarihan 
yung trabaho ang dapat gawin nila. That's what you call accountability. So hindi porke nag-report tayo critically about a, news, uh, about a public official, it doesn't mean that we are out to destroy his reputation. We're just trying to hold them accountable because that is our role in society. Christian, uh, itong follow-up question ko, no, siguro about, you mentioned this early na, yung bias, di ba? Um, siguro generally, you know, in general, society may think media as biased, whatever it is, di ba? Whether if it's politics, whether if it's economics, or even sports, di ba? Or entertainment, there will be that certain bias. And of course, ABS-CBN has called been A-Bias-CBN or whatever names that you've been, they've been called, right? But generally, bakit tingin mo merong disconnect? ang media at ang lipunan. San ba nanggagaling yung mentality ng lipunan para ay media bias yan? Eh, sa tingin ko kasi maraming sources sa propaganda and uh, erroneous information about and against media. Marami yan, di ba? So talagang very sustained yung effort ng mga propagandists, mga nasa gobyerno to discredit media because that would serve their purpose. Also, there was a time when journalists used to control or dominate the flow of information. Ang ibig sabihin nun, hanggang hindi siya lumalabas sa banner story sa isang pahayagan na napaka-influential, pag hindi siya nagiging top story sa isang, news, uh, sa isang newscast, hindi siya ganun katindi pinag-uusapan sa isang society, di ba? Kasi isa yan sa mga goals, isa yan sa mga byproduct ng journalism, eh. yung para bang establish a shared experience within the community. So, kunwari, Inireport sa TV Patrol, may saksakan o may nakawan sa isang barangay, di ba? Pag napanood yung mga, na, pag napanood yun, yung mga nandun sa, sa lugar na yon, di ba? O yung mga dumadaan doon, mas nag-iingat sila. Nagkakaroon sila ng shared information, yung shared uh, community na tinatawag. And they're being careful, di ba? That would alert them to be more careful next time. To lock their doors, to to put up CCTV cameras, etc., etc. Ngayon, kahit hindi yan i-report ng, ng, ng TV Patrol, ng mga tabloid sa mga news organizations, hindi bisabi hindi siya mapapag-usapan. Yung shared community na yun, na-establish ng Facebook, sa mga news feed, sa Twitter, even sa Instagram, mas even sa TikTok, di ba? So lahat yan, nagiging sources of information. Now, kung ikaw yung isang government propagandist at gusto mong i-discredit yung media, gusto mong tanggalin talaga, tanggalan pa siya ng, ng influence in society, That's how you would do it. Sasabihin mo, eh puro naman kayo bias diyan eh. Puro naman kayo bias. Puro kayo paninirang iniisip. Bakit hindi kayo katulad ng ganito? Kumbaga, puro maganda yung nare-report. Well, that is not journalism. That is public relations. That that is propaganda. And we're seeing a lot of that. So nandoon yung sustained effort to discredit uh, honest to goodness journalists and we're feeling the effect, 'di ba? Yung mga recent survey showing na mababa talaga yung yung credibility ng ilang news organizations. Can you imagine yung mga government propaganda arm, mas mataas pa minsan dun sa, sa legitimate news organizations as far as credibility is concerned. That is very disappointing because you're dealing with propaganda, not with journalism. Alright, so Christian, no, naging malaman. Salamat, uh, of course, on your views and of course, on being an expert on this subject matter. Uh, also, I just want to, I, I'm curious actually, Christian, Uh, besides all the challenges and realities that we face now physically uh, and on how journalism and broadcast media is being done right now, you've actually also shifted to another digital platform. You've, we've done this before, yeah. pre-pandemic, but actually doing it also now. Facts First is a podcast on YouTube and Spotify. 
uh, that you you started during this pandemic. Ano yung pagkakaiba, Christian? Because more or less, it's it's the same topics, eh. Politics pa rin. Pero how are you, how how are you able to shift from your ANC persona to your podcast persona? Uh, it's a podcast kasi nung pa siya iniisip na ano, magandang platform to reach a particular segment of the audience. So I really felt that there was there was a promise here in terms of reaching people where they are. So ganun naman yung idea, di ba? You... you, you, you 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 take advantage of a platform if you're a journalist because you know that there are people there that you are supposed at, or, or or that you can reach so naisip ko sa, sa Pilipinas siguro in terms of political podcasting hindi ganun ka ano eh hindi pa ganun ka ka developed or ka involved yung mga tao so naisip ko why not start something like yung nga yung facts first podcast actually I started dati yung ano yung matters of fact podcast I use the same name of the segment sa ANC, spin-off siya, di ba? Pero it was, a, it was an entirely independent, uh, different content, yung standalone, di ba? And then during the pandemic, I, after I was let go as an ABS-CBN correspondent, I decided to start my own independent podcast. So, facts first. Ano yung pinakaiba niya? It's more in-depth, mas, mas malalim yung pag-scrutinize ng issues. Kasi, for example, sa television, limited ang, uh, ang airtime natin doon, di ba? So, siguro 15 minutes or 20 minutes ang interview. Doon sa podcast, it can be more conversational. You can even joke around with your, with, your, with, your, with your sources, with the people you interview. At mas malalim yung paghimay ng issues, eh. So, you're not limited by, by time. Siyempre, wag lang natin patagalin ng dalawang oras, di ba? I think the longest podcast I had was siguro a little over an hour. Kasi talagang ginanahan yung, ano, yung discussions eh. So, ang challenge dun kasi, meron siya specific audience eh. Pero how do you make it palatable yung, 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 yung information that you're talking about? Kasi, I also talk about things that are not sexy sa podcast. And the challenge is how to, how to make it appealing. Kasi I know that's important. Kunwari, nangyayari sa Bangsamoro ngayon, di ba? So, there are a lot of developments now in the Bangsamoro even after the, the signing of the peace agreement with the more Islamic liberation fraud. Pero hindi masyado napapansin because of the pandemic. Eh. So these are some of the issues that I'm talking about there. So nga pala, Migs, buti na banggit mo yung facts first. Uh, siguro in the coming days, I'm going to launch uh, uh, a new, parang a spin-off pa dun sa Facts First podcast. Yun naman, Facts First Explains. So it's a series of digital explainers naman. So it's all about uh, the House of Representatives, Congress, the the inner dynamics, series of nakikita, videos. Nakikita ko nga eh, of course, uh, sa teasers mo, sa Facebook page mo. Um, I'm going to ask more about that later. And of course, Facts First Explains is also something that we've done right together uh, in our early edition with our different ex- uh, levels of expertise also. Uh, you know, ang ganda, ang ganda ng discussion natin, Christian. I would want to ask more but of course, we're kind of running out of time. But Christian, siguro, I just want to ask also, besides um, that digital shift, siguro, uh, follow up na lang ako dun sa facts first. How do you, what, what's the challenge now? Where do we go from here? Um, when it comes to these political podcasts, where do you think Filipinos are now? And yung level of uh, awareness pagdating sa market na gusto mong itap. Oh, I think on the part of journalists, uh, it's still very important to to understand our role and to be steadfast and to have that inner fortitude, yung intense intestinal fortitude, to deal with all these uh, distractions and attacks on the free press. Primarily, 
dapat malinaw pa rin sa atin eh. Mas 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 pinapanood tayo ngayon, mas in-scrutinize tayo, mas binubusisi yung mga sinusulat at kakanire-report natin. So dapat mas maging masigasig tayo sa paghahanap ng balita, sa paghahanap ng katotohanan at mas disiplinado. And if I may say, dapat we really need to police our ranks para hindi tayo mabahiran. So alam naman natin na yung corruption nangyayari sa lahat ng industriya, sa lahat ng mga institusyon, sa, sa, sa lipunan or sa society, and even journalists are not ex- exempted. No? So dapat mas maging ano tayo, mas maging masigasig uh, dun sa pagpupulis ng ranks natin para mas mabawasan yung mga bad eggs sa industry yung mga pino-prostitute yung industry natin, di ba? So, importante yon. Number two, where is this headed? I think we really need to, to, to stand our ground. We really need to be more courageous as a matter of choice. We need to take up that courage further to be able to withstand this, this very serious attack on press freedom happening now here in the Philippines. And I hope we can explore other platforms to be able to reach the public, our audiences much better. Because the enemies of free, of uh, of press freedom, the enemies of free press are not having any day off. It's a 24-7 job for them. So we need to go much further in terms of fighting them, in terms of waging this battle against the enemies of press freedom. Mm. Christian, I uh, just want to get your opinion. Of course, um, nag, nag, nag-change yung behavior siguro on how we consume content. Uh, at least from now, ako wala na akong cable eh. Wala na akong TV. Everything's online now. Anong yeah. opinion mo ngayon on how the people are consuming their news? On how people are, you know, being informed uh, in this day and age? Especially ngayon na online nga ang uh, talagang pinagkakapitan natin. Oh, hindi ko lang hindi ko lang kasi nakita yung latest figures as far as news cons- consumption is concerned, no? So I think there was a, a study conducted by UP a scholar a few months back. Nakalimutan ko exact figures, pero marami talaga yung ano, yung nag-shift na uh, sa digital platform as far as news consumption is concerned. And I think uh, this is very important for us to recognize this, no? Especially in terms of uh, fashioning or styling our reporting to fit that particular uh, platform. But it doesn't mean uh, we we need to trivialize important issues. Because in a recent forum, kapag-usapan yung mga journalists na nagti-TikTok, no? siguro that can be effective up to a certain extent. Pero hindi mo siya pwedeng gawin for very serious matters, no? especially things that require in-depth reporting. So siguro, TikTok as a platform can fit a particular story that you're working on. Pero pag talagang matinding paliwanag yung kailangan, matinding expose, matinding reporting, you need to go by other other avenues of reporting. no So, yun niya, I think nandun naman yung recognition. Eh. Pero sa Pilipinas kasi, antindi pa rin influence ng television. Eh. Kaya ngayon, ramdam na ramdam yung ano, di ba? Yung pagkawala ng ABS-CBN ng 3TV. Uh, kahit available pa rin sa cable, tsaka online, di ba? Maraming narod sa YouTube, pero tinaman naman. Eh, hindi mo, hindi ganun karami. Kumpara pa rin dun sa reach ng ano, ng, ng uh, free television, di ba? Especially in the remote areas. So, importante pa rin talaga yung television sa atin, di ba? So, uh, tsaka, can, we need to acknowledge the fact na mabagal ang internet connection dito sa Pilipinas. No? So, uh, at hindi pa rin talaga sobrang dami yung merong access sa internet. So, nandun yung mga challenges. Eh. So, 
I guess we just have to weather the storm that we're, that we are experiencing now. All right. So lastly, Christian, uh, if there are any things that you do, uh, invite uh, you can invite the audience to be able to tune in to all your projects and the uh, digital platforms. Go ahead, Christian. Salamat right. Migs. I have a movie coming up. Yung matters of fact on ANC, anyan. every day, Monday to Friday, tapos 7 to 8 a.m. Please do watch that. Uh, on Sky Cable, available on YouTube, Facebook, tapos meron siyang live tweet on Twitter. Tapos yung, yung independent yung ano ko, uh, project, which is Facts First Podcast, that comes out uh, weekly, uh, whenever you get your podcast, nandun siya. All right, so that has been Christian Isguera right here on Rude Awakening. And of course, the kettle has whistled. We'd like to thank Christian Isguera for your time today. Stay safe and God bless Christian. I'm Mix Bustos. And guys, have a, have a, have a safe week. Have a safe week ahead and good work week ahead. This is Rude Awakening. Stay safe and God bless.